sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, October 29th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to have a profitable day, and we're going to try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time. And Kev, you know, it is so 2020, right? The day after the Dodgers win the World Series, a champion is crowned. We're not talking about the 2021 odds. We're not talking about the date and time of a parade. We're not talking about how great it is that Clayton Kershaw finally got his ring. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about controversy. We're talking about fallout. Let's talk a little bit more, Kev, about what we learned. And, you know, almost like in all these scandals, the questions to me come down to what do they know and when did they know it? We've heard some of what the Dodgers have said. What have you learned about this story? In the last 24 hours, I mean, you know, they're going home now. We ain't testing. Major League Baseball ain't really responsible anymore. We've hit the finish line, so F it. Yeah, I think that's kind of the what we're – like, I feel like I don't know much. I, I don't feel like we heard as much. I, I, I was expecting a lot uh, more of an update here, and we're probably not going to get it. It's probably why in the eighth inning they said, ah, just take Turner out. We'll get through this game. Uh, I mean, realistically here, once the season is over, I mean, do we even know if they're providing testing? Like, has anybody here ever thought about the NBA players and when was the last time these guys have been tested after being tested, like, every single day with like everything they, the they do? Like, basically, yeah. once they left the bubble, right? Like, yeah. we don't think about that. Like, when's the night? Like, the NBA is not going to be giving us any more updates on players' positive tests. When was the last time you, do you think the Baltimore Orioles were tested? On a long time, right? So, right. I there's think there's nothing to gain is, from that. There's nothing to gain from that. The no. only thing that could happen is you something gets flagged as positive, and then it's a story, right? Uh, if yeah. if a team that's not playing, the Baltimore Orioles, like you say, right? If they test everybody and they're all clean, like, hey, so you know what I mean? Right. So this it's, is this for me. It's also that's why I brought up yesterday or the idea of remember, uh, you know. Kev, when I do like these conspiracy theory kind of things, right? With like, hey, how Tom Brady, it's reported that he got a concussion in the Super Bowl. Did, however, the NFL have the stones to actually pull him? I remember, Kev, going into the WNBA season when I was talking about Elena Deladon, right? And how she didn't get the clearance. And I was on some, you know, the WNBA needs her to be out there. And you were like, hey, I don't know that they would do it like that. You know, now, however, you're saying, hey, maybe MLB is just like, eh. Let's get through it under the table. So we, we've talked about what if there was a game seven. I do believe that they have said there would have been a multi-day postponement of game mm-hmm. seven if that was, in fact, the case, because then they would have had to have done the contract tracing and all that stuff. But, Kev, yeah. do you think they would have done it because they really needed to or because they, in essence, got caught? 
oh, let's not be foolish here. None of this is because they needed to, at least when it comes to Major League Baseball. And all of it is because they were trying for the... I mean, dang, they pulled up without a plan. That's the reality of it. That's how the Marlins situation happened. So yeah, that's why they were doing it all kind of by the seat of their pants. They got a test back in the middle of a game. What? Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. And the same thing. Remember, all the way at the beginning of this, as we welcome our radio audience in from around the country here, thanks for joining us and getting on the grid very early. That's what we do. Give you the edge, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, right? But I don't understand how that's even feasible, right? Like in the middle of the game to get results because like, don't you have to, like Kev, you and I, we game theory out the entire college football season. Did right. they never game theory out, like, what happens if that test is positive? Like, and I think, this is not even a big game theory, right? It's like a yes, right. no, it's two forks in the road. They didn't want to consider the other fork? That's ridiculous to me. And I'm going to tell you something also, Kev. We're hearing no. that all the other Dodgers tested negative and stuff like that. I, I don't know if I believe them. Listen, and I think that's understandable just with one again, does you know, baseball, what benefits them, what doesn't. Also, what we know of the virus, is that really plausible here? And I'll make this point. Maybe somebody at home is saying, ah, why are we still talking about this? Can we just, you yeah. know, move on? Here's why I think it's relevant. As, you know, a day after a championship ends, people like to talk about what's the 2021 20, season going to be, right? right? Steve Cohen's going to take over the match. Trevor Bauer yeah. might find a new team. Pitchers moving well, in the free agency. Yeah, think about this, though. About. Think about, though, no, but this is the thing. Think about the hiccups that we ran into with getting this season off of the ground because it became very, very clear they never had a plan, right? So now when you watch this season end, it's a reminder. This is just not a well-ran league. So the next time we're supposed to see these guys getting together, right? Blewett was mapping this out, you know, pitchers and catchers, right? So, you know, right. mid-February, early March, sure. give or take, right? Sure. And you got to think, Rob Manfred is sat there saying, oh, oh, good for us, we're done. The next time we have to come back around the pandemic will be a thing of the past. No. Listen, I mean, at this rate here, I don't know if it'll – like. but my point is, right, you know, who knows – what the next baseball season is going to look like. And yeah. because of the way we ended the year, I find it very difficult to trust the plans that will need to be put in place to ensure a yeah. smooth start and ultimately a full season of 2021. Yeah, we'll have to keep our eye out on that. Hopefully, though, Manfred has enough time to, like, sober up in the next four months if you heard the way he was talking. We come back and find out if other leagues have learned their lesson. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin. And, Kev, we're talking about, like, you know, how will Major League Baseball treat this right they did also come out kev right and say that justin turner chose not to comply right or like refused to follow the protocol 
right? So I think they are setting this up to that they're going to come down on Justin Turner. They may come down on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Do you think there's going to be any punishment in the cards for Justin Turner or for the Dodgers? Because, listen, I mean, the Dodgers were on some, like, we couldn't stop him, you know, like, which I don't really understand, you know, like, yes, you could have if you actually yeah. wanted to. So they were complicit in this. I, You know, let's not go too crazy tinfoil hats and stuff. But, no. you know, Major League Baseball, after, remember, the Cardinals and the Marlins, right? They wanted to make the point of taking this seriously. We talked about the hall monitors that were out there, how liable, you know, whatever. Um, what do you think is uh, I mean, in the realm of punishment? For Turner, Think, but 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 let's be honest here, right? There's no dollar amount that they're gonna fine him to where he would have yep. said, "Ah, oh, I wish I wasn't out there celebrating." Right. They're gonna ban him from baseball. They're not gonna suspend right. him for a season. Unfortunately, the only way he will feel remorse is like one of his teammates' mothers pass away from COVID because of this, which I God forbid, right? But you're right; no money is gonna matter. What if they suspend him? Like, you know, in PEDs, you get suspended for eighty games. What if he got suspended for like half the year? I mean, I that'd be that would start to feel outrageous, though, wouldn't it? Because the thing is, like, see, this is the other problem. When you do things like that, right? The idea is we're going to set a precedent that way; right. those it won't happen again. I mean, right. is that are we expecting that we will have another instance of a player testing positive for COVID and then running back out there to celebrate the World Series? Like, do you see how? Do you know what I mean? So. Look, I'm not sitting here banging the table. Like, oh, Justin Turner better lose X amount. I don't care. I really don't care. It's to me the bigger story is the league itself that showed an almost like impossible to understand level of incompetence from start to finish because that was the thing that wasn't going to be the case it was going to be this group that was so bad for so long closed it out two months clean went bubble got a champion and instead it's yeah all right we'll we'll see yeah i I look forward to hearing in february how nobody's agreed on anything and they can't believe they didn't realize and it's now april and the season starts in june Yep. Fair enough. The one thing I do want to find out, though, is if in the next week or so, any of the Tampa Bay Rays uh, test positive for COVID. We won't know. They would have an interesting and interesting uh, bevy of options to them and how they would respond. But I digress. One of the things that come here for me is if like MLB has learned any lessons from this, right? Or will they have policies? Will they implement them in a way or will they have egg on their face? And so that, you know, I turned to a story, Kev, that we haven't really talked much about because it's been so much football, college football, all the stuff for us to get into. But I don't know if we, if you've seen, clearly you have, because you're plugged into the NBA more than most. Um, the NBA is now going back and forth about when they're going to start next season, yeah. obviously, you know, they've crowned their champion, the Los Angeles Lakers. The city of L.A. is partying Lakers and Dodgers back to back. By the way, that hasn't been done um, since 1988 when the Lakers and Dodgers both did it, did the trick, you know, having two teams from basketball and baseball both win the championship in the same city. And so we were hearing that December 22nd may be a start date. 
We've also heard the idea of it being pushed back even further to Martin yeah. Luther King Day, which I believe is January 18th as a season start. Now, in case you can't realize, right, there's a number of factors here. One, trying to push it back because of obviously all the complications and ripple effect of coronavirus, right? On the other side, though, this would be condensing the season and obviously the owners potentially losing money, right? Then the players have brought up things like, listen, you know, we've got, you know, load management concerns. And some of the guys are saying we saw Danny Green out there being like, listen, if you start it in mid-December or on the 22nd, a lot of these guys ain't going to show up. Now, if it was actually Christmas Day, Kev, right, that may be a little bit different, right? And and LeBron may actually put the jersey on for that one. Or Kawhi, the stars would come out on Christmas Day. But give me what you think is the lay of the land of these kind mm. of, I don't know if it's negotiations, conversations, trying to figure it out. You're my basketball expert. What, you know, read the tea leaves here. What do we think is going to happen vis-a-vis the start date of next season in the association? So Dwayne Wade ended up signing with the Chicago Bulls. And someone once asked him, why would you do that? And I believe he responded Mm -hmm. something along the lines of, there are 39 million reasons. Because, right, a $39 million contract. Mm -hmm. So when this proposed start date came out, someone who I often talk hoops with texted me, this makes no sense. And I replied, 500 million reasons why this makes sense. Because apparently this start date can, you know, generate or save $500 million in revenue. And that news, you know, comes alongside news about how much revenue was lost by the NBA and of obviously sure. their altered season. Now, they were always going to take a hit. Everybody is obviously taking a hit. But there's also the mm-hmm. caveat of the NBA's uh, split with China that lasted up until, I believe, Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah, that uh, was back also, on TV. Go see LeBron on TV. Right, but also that did take a big hit in the revenue as well for the NBA. So that $500 million, of course, it doesn't only matter to your owners and Adam Silver, but that impacts the players. There was, you know, if they were to do a one-year salary cap dip. I believe the reported decrease would go from a projection of $109 million or this past season $109 million to a $90 million salary cap, right? You know, like, it would be a significant drop-off. So that money is incredibly important to all involved. I think the question, then, that everybody is going to be faced with is, okay, so December 22nd, $500 million. What does January 3rd generate? $400 million? What does MLK Day generate? $350 million? I think that is the next kind of questions that has to be asked because we've heard from Michelle Roberts. Obviously, everybody got to know uh, her over the course of this right at the top of the Players Association saying that she does not believe that this December 22nd start date is feasible for her guys. Fair enough. And, you know, it reminds me, Kev, of remember when baseball and the owners were pl- and players were going back and forth about an 80-game season, a 70-game season, a 50-game season, and how you and I, we ran the numbers, right, on how much compromise with the uh, television contracts, the revenue at the stadium with or without fans and that stuff. And in essence, it was the owners trying to f- figure out, like, what was their break-even point? 
right? How, what, mm. how many did they need to generate enough revenue to break even on the season? We were doing the math in like the 1.3 versus 1.4 billion with a B dollars. And I think some of the same calculations are going on right now in the NBA. They want to make it sound like they want you to not have to talk to your family on Christmas because you could have the five games going on. But that's not what this is about. This is about trying to be something that's palatable for all financially. And I do think that is absolutely the case. As we also put up there before, this idea of, you know, there's a lot of other league business to take care of and ironically kev we're in that right now like if you look at some of these dates okay remember they just crowned their champion this is gonna be a very condensed off season yeah. right we are already in the window kev where you can interview some of these draft prospects the draft itself is a mere what like three weeks away kev so we're mm -hmm. in the coming weeks gonna have to start diving into these you know prospects the top 10 we also believe maybe that some of the top picks might be dealt in the future yep. and what that market may look like so there's a lot to discuss going into the draft i also want to ask you when we come back on the other side of the break in the news update you know kev the NBA bubble was a dramatic success, but mm. I believe you and I have talked that it's not necessarily feasible to do an entire regular season in that way. Other sports haven't done it, right? So what will might it look like? Where will the Toronto Raptors play? Will there be four pods? Will there be one? Will people travel like they do in the NFL and in Major League Baseball? Or will we just take it out to the playground and play outdoors? All that to consider when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Thanks for getting up on the grid, and big shout-out to all of our affiliates out there. So many ways to watch and listen to Sports Grid and get what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Dane Martinez and the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. Hey, Kev, you know, in the update, we heard from Michelle Roberts, the head of the Players Association in the NBA, saying, like, listen, there's so much stuff to figure out. I don't know if December 22nd is feasible. We just talked about some of the things that are going on on the calendar, the draft, free agency, all that league business has to happen. But they got to figure out what this will look like, Kev. I have always said to you, and, you know, we've talked about this a ton, right? And I will, I will acknowledge and admit the NBA and their bubble did an amazing, amazing job. An amazing mm. job, okay, to get it done, especially juxtaposed against other leagues. You you are correct, Kev, to have confidence in the way the NBA will ultimately <laughs> handle things, but it doesn't change the yeah. fact that it's a very complicated nut to crack, right? And I still yeah. do believe, Kev, and I think you do too, that it is uh, easier to put on something like a playoff than it would be to ask these guys to bubble up for – you know, six months, right? That seems a little bit less feasible. And to do it for all teams in the NBA instead of the teams that, you know, like made it to the playoffs. So, I, you know, I have the open question. You were just talking about, you know, in Major League Baseball, when we get to February pitchers and catchers, what this will all look like. If there's any indication, and I'm not a doctor, I don't even play one on TV, but this ain't going anywhere anytime soon, bro. And as we know, basketball, 
is an indoor sport in arenas with an even larger risk. We don't know what what is this going to look like, more like Major League Baseball, where they travel. Is it going to look like a bubble? Is it going to look like, listen, a couple of pods around the country, you know, like March Madness and the Sweet 16 would look like? Um, Will there be a rash of players that, you know, opt out? I mean, it's one thing to be like, yeah, I'm okay with this. I'll go to the bubble for two months because there's a championship within reach. But I don't know if they're being asked to do it for six months and you're a member of a team that's expected to win 15 games. Like, what do you think are the major hurdles still here, Kev? Honestly, the idea of a bubble for six months, forget it. But I don't know if we ever see a bubble again in the NBA. You know, there's a a lot of talk that came out of that bubble about the mental toll that it took on players. And it was not just hyperbole to drum up uh, the extra... Hurdles that you know a LeBron James team had to take to to win a title. Exactly. Like this isn't just some fake thing. Like it was very, very difficult. Family for months in a pandemic, and many of them had pregnant wives, sick parents, children. I mean, come on, people. We the, the bubble would, and I, I, I genuinely mean this. It would actually need to become almost like an island. And they would almost have to create their own, like, county, if you will. And they would be, like, away from society. All of their families would need to come. Like, and they, like, I I mean this. Like, that's what you would need. I agree with you. That's not going to happen. Okay. But then at the same time, Kev, right? Like, you're right. That is what you would need. But you need it for, like, all the teams in the league and some family. And then, I'm sorry, you get past the threshold of when even in the bubble, it's, you know, it's a little bit harder to contain. But this is the reality of it. It also defeats the purpose because they right. want fans back to a degree. Not 100% right. capacity, okay, but they want fans back. We're not going to generate $500 million just by right. playing extra games, you know? Right. And that's another thing that has to be figured out, right? I mean,. You mentioned the Toronto Raptors. They're not going to be playing in Toronto. I don't know where, but it won't be Toronto. But I'll tell you this, if they're going to be playing somewhere else, it's going to be a state that probably allows them a level of capacity versus a state that wouldn't. I heard the young center at Louisville. You know, basketball is huge there, whatever. Kansas City, Newark. The Blue Jays were playing in Buffalo, right? The Toronto Football Club of MLS is playing in Connecticut, for goodness sakes, right? And the Raptors are a much more marquee team, let's say, but Mm -hmm. they would not be. They would take over a city somewhere in the United States. And there would be but no choice to operate in that way. Also, you know, yeah. the, the other thing is the, the timeline as a whole, right? There, there's supposed to be this play-in tournament in the middle of this season. They're trying right. to get back on schedule to not only give players their summers back, right, but also to try and allow these guys an opportunity to play in the Olympics. My goodness, do you right. know if the Olympics is happening? I have no idea. But they're trying to open that window once again. And right. then they can so kind of be get by July. back on pace, right? Because they obviously, you know, there was a lot of conversation around the NBA's ratings. Uh, personally, a conversation I could not care less about. I've never once watched a basketball game and been like, oh, man, I hope 9.8 million others are watching. They don't care at all. Right. But at the end of the day, the league would rather have, you know, more people watch than less people watch. And they said that it's, you know, their numbers do better 
in June, right, when there's nothing on as sure. opposed to yeah. September, right, or October. Absolutely. Like, this isn't this Absolutely. isn't difficult to understand. So Absolutely. there are a lot of reasons why the NBA is trying to move this way. But with that, there are also going to be a lot of hurdles. And, you know, one of them that we very briefly mentioned with, the, you know, the Danny Green comments of, yeah, I wouldn't expect LeBron and Anthony Davis to play December 22nd. And really, I, I wouldn't expect the Lakers or the, the, the Miami Heat or the Denver Nuggets uh, or the Boston Celtics to Boston, really yeah. be ready to go that soon, right? Uh, I mean, the Clippers sure. should want to get back out there, those bums, the way they left the taste. I'm sure they want to get out the there. Atlanta but outside of them, played a game in March. That's the other side of this coin, right? The Lakers last played a game three weeks ago. Yeah. Disparity, right? And all that stuff. So this is the other odd thing. I almost could offer you a world where, hey, does it make sense to take our non-playoff teams, have them start playing in December, and then our current playoff teams will come in? Well, then what are we doing, though? No. Not really, right? No, it, no. it doesn't It doesn't work that way. But, right. like, those guys got to get going. The other ones need more time off. So it's yeah. not an easy thing. I will make this point, though, Dane. You and I, and you know, you kind of um, mentioned to it, those who have been following the early line for a while now would get it. And But, you know, you and I had a long conversation, a very Walsh-Dane debate of where we're somehow not disagreeing at all, yet we're talking in circles because – we're trying to get the other to see the exact thing that we wanted to see. But one thing that I always stressed with the NBA and why I trusted them was a runway, right? They locked in their plan before baseball and were yeah. slated to begin their plan a month after yeah. baseball. And we look at how it was executed. Obviously, different circumstances, but the NBA sure. was flawless, flawless, right? compared to baseball, who couldn't even finish things up in a bubble. By the way, baseball, the only people that went to a bubble that then ended up having someone test positive. Like, that is almost inconceivable still, the whole Justin Turner story. Is the NBA good for doing this? You know, the fact that it's, you know, still October and providing themselves runway? Or not really, because this is too quick of a turnaround, and they are going to maybe cut off what is their best advantage. Yeah, Kev, listen, I'll acknowledge again that they did it well and right last time around. Okay, Kev? But because they did it well last time does not necessarily mean they'll do it well this time, right? And because it's a different circumstance that they have to figure out. And to your term of runway, the runway is right now, bro. <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? They got to, they, like, the runway is ticking, okay? And the same way we started to give the NFL shade, like, in July. Right. About like, wait, they haven't figured this part out yet. Right. You know, if if you're talking about I don't care if it's late December, early January, Kev. Right. Uh, yeah. In the NFL, it was always early September. And we were yep. two months earlier than that being like, mm -hmm. wait a second. They got to figure this out. We are two months before the start generally of the basketball season. And they got to still figure stuff out. And they had an, you know, yes, they did it well. I'm saying it again. Right. But they had a different challenge than the NFL, than Major League Baseball, because it was the playoffs. It wasn't the whole season, the idea of the time, the idea of the yeah. volume of it. And here's the other thing. And, you know, what we are seeing right now as sports that are, in fact, happening in this country, they are outdoor sports, Kevin. 
Okay. Sure. Ba- uh, you know, baseball, football, we're seeing golf happen. Sure. These are outdoor sports. We still do not have an example of an indoor sport, non-bubble, even being attempted, Kev. Yeah. You know, the UFC is in a bubble, right? So my question is still, how are they going to do this? And this is why I suggest, I formally, I really believe mm-hmm. this, Kev. Um, they need to find outdoor ideas. Honestly, okay, I have seen, Kev, we have seen the Winter Classic in the NHL. We have seen college yeah. basketball teams play on aircraft carriers, okay? I know yeah. it'll be January, but... They can't survive outdoors. weather, though. They can't. I, if it rains, if it snows, the games nah, are done. man, you could have these they, little tents. I know, with the air, I know. Outdoors Can I say this, in though? New York City all the time. Let me say this to your point. Because this is how we tie it back into to, to betting here. The least sure. relevant futures market in sports betting history will be NBA win totals. What yeah, we have yeah, learned right, we don't from have games, yeah. Wisconsin, the Houston Texans, yeah. by the way, just got shut down. But they're on a bye, so it probably doesn't even make our rundown. Right? Yep. The St. Louis Cardinals, this is inevitable. It is. No matter how good you are with this, it is. it's Inevitable, right? It's the and of the for the NBA, there's no double headers, there's no bye weeks, and if the purpose of the early start dates to get back on schedule, there's no week 18. You get my point. How does the NBA handle cancellations? Win percentage, makeups, yeah. right? You know, four straight days of games. No one's playing four mm-hmm. straight days, right? Like, so that's a whole nother thing that the NBA will yeah. have to answer. Listen, the policy will have to be clear and transparent and proactive. Let's talk about another conference when we come back in their policy. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid. We put the fun and functional sports content over the break. We were figuring out, like, could the NBA literally buy an island, a la Dana White almost, right, and ship everybody down there? And if I know anything, Mark Cuban would be like, huh. I'll put it up the money. That's a good idea. Let's do it. They will have to figure something out, and it's going to be very interesting to watch. But literally, Kev, we're less than three weeks away from the NBA draft, so the league business will continue to go on. But cautionary words from Michelle Roberts, the head of the PA, saying, you know, hey, there's a lot of I's to dot and T's to cross, and the runway, Kev, is being exhausted day by day. Right. They've got to figure this out at this point. But now we turn our attention to college football. And the question is, will they learn a lesson? Will they be able to follow through? Will they be able to administer and implement and execute their seasons in a way that works? So, listen, Kev, we talked uh, with Joe Lisi yesterday and we asked about Wisconsin who at that point yesterday on this show, we were wondering from a competitive balance standpoint, like what were they going to do at the quarterback position, right? They were going to maybe go wildcat QB4 or do something crazy because their top three quarterbacks were down, either with injury or COVID. And this was a question that we had had before. But now I think the question has evolved into something a little bit bigger, Kev, because over the course of yesterday, we found out that Wisconsin – 
They've got a full-on outbreak, okay? There are six players, I believe, six coaches, including their head coach, who have tested positive for COVID. They have already decided to cancel their game this weekend against the Cornhuskers because already the Big Ten had their policy, right, that games would not be made up, they would be declared no contest, and that teams needed six games in order to compete for a Big Ten title. The other part of their policy is that if you are down, you're down for 21 days, not 10, not 14, not like, I don't know, 72 hours like Nick Saban apparently was, not like we'll look the other way if we're close to the finish line like the Los Angeles Dodgers apparently were. So now the question becomes, Kev, the same way I've asked you about, you know, Tom Brady and his reported concussion in the Super Bowl. The question for me comes down to do, whether it's schools, conferences, the NCAA, do they have the stones to follow through on whatever the policy is? Because now Wisconsin has a lot of players that will miss 21 days. This game is post or canceled. Wisconsin now, which is one of the big boys of the Big Ten, may not qualify, may have to miss up to three games. Nebraska's on the horizon, followed by Purdue, and then the third one out where the policy will be tested. What do you know? They face the Michigan Wolverines. Kev, what's your reaction to this story? There's a lot here. There really, really is a lot. Okay. One of the first things I think is important to note is the reaction to this policy, though. So you kind of make the point of, do they have what it takes to stick by it? The testicular yeah. Like, I don't know. I actually feel like, and I could be totally off base here. I actually feel like they would get a more positive reaction if they didn't stick by it. Which makes that question all the more relevant. But I do believe it changes kind of the vibe around the question. Of... Might these rules still apply the next time we bring up Wisconsin? Ultimately, I think yes. Ultimately, I think yes. But I do think that is the out, maybe, that could exist for the Big Ten. Here, though, is where I truly do believe to be the biggest angle here in terms of the true sports, sports, sports impact. The number nine team in the country has right. now been eliminated from the college football playoff race. Absolutely. That is what I truly believe in my heart. They are now going to oh, yeah. only be able to play maximum seven games, having lost this Nebraska game on the slate. I am pessimistic that they will be able to play the Purdue the game. Seventh? Yeah. And then that will put them at six remaining games. And as you said, that's what they need to compete and qualify for the Big Ten Championship. There would be a huge push for Wisconsin to play this game against Michigan. I believe there's a very real world where, you know, a two-week-plus threshold might have them cleared for that. But what in the world kind of welcome back is that? traveling Mm -hmm. to Ann Arbor to play a Michigan team that was incredibly impressive in their season opener at Minnesota. 
Yeah. That is to me, I again, there's a couple of more angles I'd love to bring up, but I think sure. that is the first true, true sports angle here. Not only your BYUs, okay, but your Miamis, right? If you're able to come back around, your Pac-12 champion, like you always talk about. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams now that will be able to just hold serve, if possible, that will have significantly stronger resumes than Wisconsin. No, I think that's true. And here's the thing. You have to put all the elements of the policy together, right? Like, not only the 21 days. The element that these games would not be postponed. For example, remember a couple of weeks back when the University of Cincinnati, a top 10 team, and I'm not just saying this because it's one of my chaos theory teams, right? But it was a top 10 team that against Tulsa had a game postponed not canceled. They move that to the back end of their schedule. And, you know, by contrast, now Cincinnati would still have that proof point, that resume point, right? However it stacks up is a different conversation. You know where I stand on that, right? But Wisconsin would not have that opportunity because the Big Ten has said that these games would be no contest. The Big Ten has also said you need at least six, right? And here's the other thing, Kev. Wisconsin right now is one of the states that are absolutely spiking. ICU capacity is absolutely ridiculous Mm -hmm. in that state, right? But what about the ripple effect for the Big Ten? Not only could this be a loss of a proof point for Wisconsin, but you're buying into Michigan, right? Now, Michigan may, and I know we're playing this out a little bit far here, right? But Michigan may lose an opportunity to have a top 10 victory on their resume, right? And then obviously Mm. as well, we've seen how this happens with say the Tennessee Titans or the Cardinals or the Marlins. Unfortunately, we may be early on in understanding how big the outbreak is with the Badgers, right? We know what the testing is like now. But what happened with Tennessee? A week later, there were still people starting to test positive. That will clearly continue to push back the deadline of when the Badgers could get back on the field, no? Well, absolutely. Now, here's the other thing, though. What's up? This is far from the first outbreak in college football. And no, I'm not referencing Florida. That's what, so that's the big thing here. And that is what I, when I talk about, there's a lot of angles. There really, really are. Nebraska's furious. Nebraska and Scott Frost believe they should be playing this Saturday. And they believe that they should not be penalized for Wisconsin testing positive. Now that sounds very harsh from Nebraska. I don't, as long as they don't, but listen, Nebraska now just lost wiggle room on their schedule, right? Now is Nebraska going to make the Big Ten title game? No, but they just lost a game. That is relevant. Purdue might lose a game. That is relevant. And again, if Michigan loses the Wisconsin game, that's massive. That is massive to what they need to build up their resume. Forget the fact that the win, a potential win over Wisconsin, might already lose a lot of its shine. Like this is a this is what I'm talking about. It's a it is a big shake. And I do believe, Dane, it is fair to ask. I'm only asking though. I have Nothing near an answer. But why does 
Virginia play a college game without 20-some-odd players? Why does Kansas State lose Week 1 to Arkansas State? Because they're yeah, missing you. half the roster, I'll right? Well, go ahead. You know, hey, listen, we've been saying this, Kev, right? It's the tears of it. The NCAA does not have a policy in the same way in this country. There's no federal mask mandate, right? You go from the country to the states to the cities to individuals. And it's the same in college sports. The NCAA isn't saying jack. So these conferences will start to decide, right? At first, Kev, three of the five conferences were going to play. You know, and the other two weren't. So, of course, now the Big yeah. Ten says 21 days. In the SEC, Nick Saban was on the sidelines a little bit later. The schools you're mentioning, Virginia is governed by the ACC. Kansas State is governed by the Big 12. The Pac-12 still hasn't decided yet to start. There's other conferences that have been like, we're not playing the fall sports season. So that's the reason. There's different deciders so, going on and that is going to continue to be the issue when unfortunately a poll or a college football playoff is supposed to be an overarching relative like you know apples to apples comparison but as you know because schools conferences players and everything mm -hmm. treat it differently and it's different in region by region literally how 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 big of a threat the virus is these days mm -hmm. it's it's hard to apply something overarching when it's so piecemeal, the pro sports have the ability because there is a union, there is a league, there is one mm -hmm. entity, there is one boss. That is not the case in college. And and let me clarify somewhat here because I'm aware of that. Could you imagine if the AFC East and the and the AFC North right. ran under different guidelines, and different policies. That's what we're right. That's what we're dealing with here. I ask the question more so from a I don't know what the right answer is, and. Now, I always lean towards the side of caution. Always. Fair. It's a pandemic, right? I don't yeah. know what's going on. I lean towards the side of caution. But, you know, you are... It's almost like, what's the point of playing if you're the Big Ten? You, yeah. you like, And I'm not sitting here saying Wisconsin should be out there on the field. I am not saying that. I promise you. But, like... It just your the Big Ten is hanging on by a thread. Obviously, yep. it took yep. a week for that to become evident. It took right. a week for that to become evident. Like I'll 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 I'll, I'll tell you this: if Ohio State has a positive test, right? Right. And under the Big Ten guidelines, they would be unable to play in the college football playoff. Right, and yep. there's nothing the college football playoff can do about it. They should not be ranking Big Ten teams. Too risky. They shouldn't yeah, be. And here's the other thing. And you know, I don't want to be all doomsday and stuff, but this, you know, this is going in the bad direction for the United States of America. Right. So the idea that Wisconsin is going to be the last team where this happens, I, I think, is is slightly naive. And here's the other thing, because I mentioned like independent schools, individual athletes can always make a decision. Right, Kev? Let's say you're a school uh, and, you know, you're, you know, one in four in conference and you have a spike in your state, in your conference. Right. Might an entire school 
in a month's time being like, you know what, we're done. Might 10 players from a school be like, nah, chill. This is not worth it to me anymore. I got nothing left to play for. The same way Damian Lillard said he wouldn't go into the bubble unless the Blazers were live for a championship. There's only like, as we know, 10 schools stretching it that are really live for a championship. What happens when all these other schools or players are like, nah, chill? Uh, I think that could be on the precipice as well. Then your schedule goes bonkers. Then qualifying goes bonkers. We'll talk more about this on the other side of the break right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the early line. And, you know, when we have such a wide range of outcomes, right, so many things can happen. The numbers of players tested positive, how it's moved in the schedule, what the ripple is effect uh, with other conferences, competitive balance, how you try to rank teams. It is a very, very slippery slope. And Kevin and I keep on saying, like, what is the policy? Okay, because if there is Mm. a policy, then... If this happens, that's the consequence. If it's that small, they keep playing, right? And and so we need to know what is the blueprint here, but it's hard when there is no, I don't believe, Kev, consistent blueprint from conference to conference. I mean, the Pac-12 hasn't started playing yet. You know, Wisconsin has a 21-day quarantine, and Nick Saban is on the sidelines four days later, so we don't know. There is no consistency. One thing we do know, or at least we thought we know, coming out of the college football season was that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the favorite for the Heisman, was going to be the man, and was then going to move on to the NFL draft where he would most likely be the number one overall pick. Kev, it is minus a thousand that he is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft, but I offer you this. He is now saying that he doesn't even know if he's going to enter the draft. He's saying there's a lot of things that can happen, you know, and here's the thing. You know, he's been asked about this probably so many times that maybe this is just kind of the, you know, onto Cincinnati coach speak kind of answer. But some people Hmm. are wondering that, like, just like Peyton Manning, when he was the obvious number one overall pick at a school that was decorated in orange and the New York Jets had the number one overall pick to kind of, you know, hey, I'm going to stay an extra year. I'm going to get some massages. I'm going to teabag some people. But instead... Um, you know, the Jets wound up with Keyshawn Johnson. Do you believe Trevor Lawrence may actually uh, stay in school to avoid the Jets? Dane, do you like wings hot, medium, or mild? Um, one under the hottest. Okay, right. well, luckily I've got all three for you. We might have to get cool. to the hottest one to start the next hour. The most mild mm-hmm. take is he's not going to do this, okay? He'll go to the draft. The medium yes, take is it would be a total disaster. For Trevor Lawrence to go back to school. You are setting yourself up for a total mess here. Okay? Things can go so, so wrong. The hot take, though? Ah, We'll take it over to the next hour. It'll be quick, but I think it'll be worth it. Okay. I am excited. I am excited. Does that hot take involve names like Eli Manning and John Elway is what I want to know about. And we'll talk about that in hour number two. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.